I remember maybe four years ago, someone on Instagram said, it's really sad you're always by yourself. It looks like you have no one around you. And I was really hurt because it was true. People try to get to here and they think, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be sad, I'm gonna be really happy. It's not the case. <laughs> they say it's lonely on the top. It absolutely can be. The world is really desperate for something else. Everybody's so tired. Everybody keeps pushing. And at the end of our lifetimes, we're gonna just remember that we pushed the whole time. If people are like, oh, but my gift isn't worth as much. Like I made my first million of selling selfies, so. <laughs> And the world needs what you have. Like there's a reason why you are doing what you do. And the, the world really desperately needs it. You just need to find an angle that's unique. Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the Know Thyself podcast, where every single week we get the honor and privilege to sit down with a beautiful being to see what we can learn from the insights that they have learned in their life to allow us me included, live a more liberated, joyous human experience. My guest today, I am extremely looking forward to. She's a dear friend of mine and somebody that I just love so much and love the way that she shows up in the world. And I've been able to really foster a beautiful relationship over the past few years, but more recently, the past few months. And uh, we're going to be diving into so many beautiful different topics today from what it means to be a creator of reality and the different trials and tribulations that she's gone through in her life that's led her to become who she is today. And yeah, so my guest today is Sorel Amor. She is a YouTuber, a photographer, a financial educator, a business badass, a beyond any label that I could put on her. She is just somebody that is, I believe, a very powerful being. She's somebody that is not afraid to challenge the status quo in life. She is somebody that has a an amazing mind in the way that she perceives reality, yet she's very humble. And I love... Um, how she never takes herself too seriously. <laughs> um, and she's somebody, like I said, that is a very powerful individual that's been able to create a really beautiful life for herself. And, uh, and so I'm excited to dive into the many avenues of that today. Without further ado, my friend and Rumi, Sorella Moore. Hi, Andre. Welcome. So nice to see you. We're doing it. <laughs> We're finally doing it. <laughs> it's happening. I know. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How was the drive over? It was really long. The traffic was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. The 30, 30 second walk from the back was great. <laughs> yes. It's been so good, you know, the past couple months having you here in the amazing, you know, back house. You have your own little queendom castle in the back and um, just like welcoming you into L.A. Like community and all the people here have been like so stoked that you've been able to spend more time and it's been it's been so fun. Yeah. And to have you as a roomie is pretty special because it's the central hub of everything, I feel. So I feel very blessed. Thank I'll, you. I'll make sure I take that to the, to the ego. Yeah. I'm the central hub of everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Carry on. <laughs> Casual. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation today. And, you know, you're somebody that I feel like a lot of people have been able to develop a relationship with online over the past years that you've been creating videos and um, financial education videos to your own personal channel of just like taking people on the journey. And I feel like people, you connect with people in a really beautiful way via camera, like you're talking to somebody that's just like a friend. And um, so I'm excited to dive into this conversation today for people that do know you um, to get a deeper insight into the workings of your mind and your heart and how you've gotten to where you're at and the journey that you're on. And then for people that haven't heard you, just like, uh, yeah how profound and epic you are. So hmm. not to set the standard too high, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. 
I'm a humble human being, remember? <laughs> yes, yes. It's my job to fluff you up as a friend. <laughs> um, so I would actually like to start, since we're kind of here, just talking about friendship. And, you know, it's been so good to spend so much time together the past few months. And recently, like, our Burning Man trip, which was just filled with so much magic and beautiful, synchronistic moments and amazing moments of connection within community. And I, uh, I've just really come to personally love like curating and, and, and having my circle be smaller with quality, profound, amazing human beings that you can fully be like the full version of yourself with, you know? And so, yeah, what is it, what's been the journey for you of like cultivating deep nourishing friendships? What does friendship mean mm. to you? Oh, I love that. That's such a nice way to start. Um, well, actually, so I remember when I was super in my work, 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 work phase, which lasted about 10 years and it was really intense. And I remember maybe four years ago, someone on Instagram said, it's really sad you're always by yourself. It looks like you have no one around you. And I was really hurt by mm. that because it was true. <laughs> because I was so focused on creating everything else outside of that. There was nothing else in my life that mattered. Nothing else mattered except for my career. It was the number one priority above all else. Um, maybe health was somewhere there lingering, but career was everything else. And that comment really stuck to heart. And when 2020 hit, and I realized that I'm away from everybody. I have no connections. I was in the middle of nowhere in, in a cabin in Iceland. And it didn't really have anyone to lean on. And I was going through a really hard time during that time, like a lot of people have. And, um, ah, yeah, I remember after about six months of lying on the couch, kind of depressed, not knowing what's going on, not knowing what's up and what's down. I remember just thinking, like, I'm not even sure how I'm going to exist tomorrow. Mm. It wasn't suicidal thoughts by any means, but it was just like, I actually have no idea how I'm physically going to live tomorrow because it just doesn't, it seems so hard. Mm. Like, how am I going to do this? And so <laughs> the thought came into my head and I was like, well, if I'm going to be this miserable forever, then I've heard that having community around you is like a good thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and friendships are kind of important. <laughs> so I know. So that thought popped into my head and I was like, well, all right, I'll be miserable, but I'll be surrounded by people, which is good. So I reached out and I created uh, Christmas with all the stragglers that couldn't actually leave Iceland at the time to go back to their home countries. And we had Christmas at a house um, 2020. And that was the beginning of me cultivating friendships and realizing how much joy it brought me and how really it became the number one priority for me. Mm. And I just started diving really, really deep into getting to know people, trying to become like a good friend. It became a thing, a goal of mine uh, to become a good friend. Mm. And that journey's taken me on wild adventures. I've been able to meet the most amazing people. And I just find it the most amazing privilege that people would want to spend time with me, full stop. It's like time to me, quality time is the most important mm. love language for me. Mm. And if someone's willing to give up their lifeblood to be around me, that's an honor beyond belief. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be present for them. And yeah, it's been about a two year journey for me to just cultivate a lot of friendships. Like I have so many friends. I just can't believe it. And it's recently gotten to the point where I realized I needed to be very much more intentional around the people who I was surrounding myself with yeah. because it became a little bit 
to I couldn't I couldn't cultivate the deeper friendships that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And finding the community, like the Burning Man crew that we had, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, of really being able to be fully yourself and you know, the the ugly side, the good side, all yeah. of it. Not just the pretty parts. Like yeah. if I have to be in a friendship where you just want one side of me, right? It's not that's not what I want. It's no depth. Yeah, I want to see you in your worst so I can be there also for your best. Yeah. And I want to support you th- to, through that time. Um, so, yeah, it's been a profound shift. And now that I'm really focusing on those deeper friendships, I also have a lot more time, <laughs> yeah. which is really nice because I get to do a lot of other things and not just, I don't know, it was a chapter in my life where I, where I needed to be as many people's friends as possible. And now it's just coming back to yeah solid connections yeah for sure that's what we want that's what's actually nourishing right like those few deep connections where you can like fully be yourself and to where it can feel like family it's like chosen family in many ways like when you go home for thanksgiving part of why it can be so triggering so times is everybody's just themselves and like (laughs) you're unabashedly just who you are and you say what you think and like getting to that point of friendship where it's like you can fully be yourself and also show up in the vulnerable moments where it's, you know, maybe a little scary to show somebody the emotional depths of where, you're, you know, one of your processes mm-hmm. um, or something str- that you're really struggling with, like mind, body, spirit and all aspects. And I feel like true friendship is just um, being able to be accepting and witnessing somebody in their process without the need to like fix them. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, if insight or advice comes through, that's helpful. That's great. But it's just like being there, mm-hmm. being there for somebody. And I've really come to cherish that. One of the most amazing things I've been witnessing lately is um, I've so, I, like I cry quite a lot sometimes. <laughs> I cry in general quite a bit. I'll just break down and I'll just tear up and then I'll go away within 10 minutes. I just flush my emotions out. But um, I've had a lot of people in this community that I like, I get emotional and they'll just put a hand on me and they'll just hold me and then I cry it out and then I'm done. And then we go back to doing whatever we're doing. And I was like, whoa, mm. cool. <laughs> so to have that space as well. And also, I, this is a big realization lately. You do want to just share the most vulnerable parts of yourself with someone you know that they're not going to use that stuff against mm. you. Because, man, the amount of people that will use your ugly side against you is pretty scary. Yeah. So yeah. making sure that you, those connections that you share with are really cultivated from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's important. And to be selective as you, you know, go on your journey of wanting to have amazing connections and friendships. Like you said, you kind of embarked on wanting to be a good friend and like meet all these people and it's great. And you become who you surround yourself with very much so. And so it's yeah. like being selective in that aspect of like, it's not necessarily not being open to new connections, but it's just like being uh, in the safety of people that uh, are familiar to you and that you know you can be yourself with. And yeah, so how for people that like are maybe on a similar path with that, Mm -hmm. how did you even come to go on that journey from being completely like feeling alone and isolated Mm -hmm. to then coming to like the place you're at now? What's what's a tip of of advice or something that people um, can can hear and help Mm -hmm. them on their journey? The biggest thing that stood out for me was if you want to have great friends, you have to become a good friend. Mm. And the second part would be making sure that the people you are surrounded with actually are quality. I would rather be alone than have less, not less quality friends, but the ones that don't resonate as much. Yeah. Like I, I don't really have space for people that superficial. Oh yeah. my God. 
So boring. Yeah. Wow. If that's all you've got, I can I thank you. Yeah. Show me your depth because vulnerability creates connection. Yeah. And so I want to see um, I want to see a process of what's going on. So, mm, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is really becoming a good friend. And that means putting yourself in situations. Oh, a huge thing, a huge shift in my mind was I always thought I was bugging people by getting in touch. Like, hey, what are you doing? Want to hang out? No, <laughs> actually, it's kind of the opposite. Of course, if you overdo it, then it's too much. Yeah. But like you have to put yourself out there and be like, hey, I do you want to hang out? Do you want to do something? I'd love to spend time with you. Yeah. And man, give them your full presence when you're there. Mm. I just had, you know, I, was, I spent the night yesterday with a friend and to see someone so distracted when we were together, it was really painful. Mm. And it made me again reflect on what I want in my connections. Yeah. And if I can't have full presence for the majority of it, the time we're hanging out, I'd rather be home. Yeah. So put your phone down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Love it. So good. It's, uh, it's interesting. You kind of said something of like earlier when we were like talking to people of like it's it being almost like a surprise or shock that people wanted to spend quality time with you or something. And that kind of has a stra- strand of like w- the worthiness piece that mm-hmm. I want to dive into a little bit today because I see you as somebody that's like, you're such a rad human being. I'm not just saying this, but like you're <laughs> so brilliant in the way that your mind operates and the way that you perceive reality and what you're creating and also just like how human and like you are a great friend. I feel like you've gotten to that place where you did it. Check that box. Yes. You're great. <laughs> and you can always keep improving. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but what, where do you feel like that kind of stemmed from? Because the like the unworthiness piece of feeling like, and this can go into so many different avenues of not feeling like you're worthy to claim in your ideal version of the life that you want to live or you're not worthy of depth and intimacy and connections. Um, for you, what has been the journey of unworthiness? It's wild because I sometimes even surprise myself that I find these nuggets. I'm like, oh, whoa, I feel so unworthy. And it comes up, I think I realized the other day, it comes up in areas that I haven't yet mastered. So if there's an area that I feel, um, mm, like the other day I was hanging out with a friend and he's a movement master. And I was like, oh, I've got none of this skill. Why am I even here? This doesn't make sense for me to be here. I'm wasting their time. Um, And I felt a deep sense of unworthiness of wasting their time. And then there was a reframe of, I'm not a specialist in that space. I'm a specialist in different areas. Mm. Um, And it made me feel a little bit better about myself. And it's also for me, unworthiness sometimes is an invitation to see if there's a way for you to up level a a little bit in that, in that way and Mm. really face off with that shadow, but where it stemmed from my unworthiness, (laughs) Lord almighty. (laughs) Let's think about this one. Ah, yeah. My, my, uh, my, my upbringing, specifically from my dad's side, was really based on um, accomplishments. Yeah. So if I was accomplished and if I was constantly performing really well, then it was almost okay. It wasn't good. It was almost okay. It was, almost, it was always almost okay. Mm. And it was never really that much praise from that side. Um, so it was this uphill battle that would never finish and never stop. So... I, I could never I could never be good enough mm. to my dad when I was young. And I know that this is not how he re- truly believes. That's not true. But I think that was his way of stretching me to the point where I would con- continuously want to be better. Mm. So, And it probably significantly, definitely helped me to become 
someone that keeps pushing boundaries and keeps wanting to expand. Um, so that framework was great and it also can be damaging if you don't face off with it eventually yeah. because there can be a lot of unworthiness that keeps stemming up. Because, mm. I mean, I, I remember even when I was – I really wanted to become a millionaire by 30. So I was like, woo, okay. Mm-hmm. So I um, – You did sitting, it, did you? Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there on my couch and after grinding, 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 years of work, and I sat on this couch and I like added up the numbers and I was like, what's in my bank accounts right now? I was like, it was like $1,065,000 or something. And I was like, I'm a millionaire. And that was someone that the following couple of years were some of the most miserable of my life. Because mm. <laughs> mm. all of a sudden it wasn't good enough. Mm. And, you know, now I'm spending time with people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And they are somehow making me at times project and make me feel like it's not good enough what I've created. Mm. And I'm like, whoa. And I could sink into that and be like, whoa, I empathetic. Or also realize that what I've done is pretty badass and it's not at the scale that they've done. And that's also okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, especially for a lot of people that see the beautiful things that you've created and the life that you've been able to design for yourself. Um, it's so rad. And a lot of the times the results that we've gotten in life have been a byproduct and it stemmed from a deeper feeling of inadequacy of some sort, especially when it's like the externally motivate motivation and, uh, and desire for, um, finding worth externally, right. And your achievements. Mm. And so that's a big cord and that's a big thread that has been for you over the past decade, like a really strong, being more in your masculine and creating businesses and going down this route of achievement and like finding your sense of worth and validation a lot of times in kind of these external successes, Mm. which has been great for the life you've been able to create for yourself. But at a certain point when you define yourself in a certain way, you can find yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. And now you're coming to this really beautiful like turning point in your life where you're stepping more into your feminine essence and like exploring that. And so yeah, I want to dive into what that journey has been like going mm. from this whole you know past decade of your life of achievement, success, hustle-oriented vision to now softening and kind Wearing of the pen- fluffy outfit. Fluffy, yeah. Feminine outfit. <laughs> the pendulum swings. <laughs> the pendulum does, does swing. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a bit of an interesting, weird journey because... As I said, yeah, I was I, I was achievement focused, and I I really feel like I slayed a lot. Currently sitting on, I don't even like talking about this aspect <laughs> of things, but to give some credibility, yeah. I have twelve houses. I um, investor in precious metals, uh, written a book, best selling book, um, uh, investor in fine art, crypto, like a lot of All a lot things. of things. Millions of followers. Got Millions of followers. I'm like so humble. So humble. <laughs> But I want to say that because I got to this point and a lot of people try to get to here and they think, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be really happy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, It's not the case. I think for a lot of people, and this is what's been interesting. Now, I am going to point out that having this is really beautiful when you finally find the balance. So I'm really grateful for it. Now, there was a time where I resented it because it separated me from almost everybody I knew Mm. because not hardly anyone could relate to me. Yeah. So that made me feel even more alone. They say it's lonely on the top. It absolutely can be. 
um, because it takes away your ability to relate to the masses that haven't experienced your life. And I don't think that only is relevant to finances. I think there's a lot of way to create separation if you're too much of a genius. I've met geniuses that can't even connect with people yeah. because they're too smart. So much in their intellect. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. So too much of the good thing can become pretty poisonous as well yeah. um, unless you learn how to integrate it. Um, so anyway, I've, I've done these material world things <clears throat> and it really didn't bring me any fulfillment, which was the wildest part at, at all. <laughs> I remember someone sharing the story. It was one of my best friends in Iceland and he said there was a really, really big boxer champion. He was like 25 and he won the biggest title that you can win. And afterwards, shortly, he, he, went, he was like, thinking of committing suicide straight afterwards because it's like this pinnacle, everything you want to achieve. And then it just, where do you go from there? Right. So I only had goals of like millionaire by 30 and I didn't think beyond that. And so when I reached this point of having the material realm, which I felt very satisfied, like I had enough, I didn't feel like I needed to do more. I, I didn't know where to go from there because I'd never known that there's other ways you can be fulfilled. <laughs> I I didn't understand that there's like a, this whole other section of being human that you can unlock, which comes in the realm of, I mean, so many other things. There's so many things you can yeah. pursue. But for me, it became friendships and became spirituality. And then I don't even know how this conversation started, but realizing that there is this, the world that we've been, that we've created is so heavily tailored to masculine energy and now that I know this it's so clear but when I first heard this concept I didn't know what the hell that people were talking about mm. I was like N what I mean I'm a female and I'm slaying in the world so obviously it's not I don't know what they're talking about like it is tailored for females as well but I mean as in the structures even to the point of you know a female's menstrual cycle should be dictating how much exertion we put out into the world at specific times because our hormones fluctuate so much that during like when we're uh, bleeding for example it we have so little energy and but we're meant to just suck it up put a tampon in and go mm -hmm. and it's like well you know this is the time when we actually need to rest a lot but that's not there's no space for that in modern society because it has been structured around the masculine principles which is like go 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 really be full-on really be driven um the intensity of just pushing through no matter what. And this is what I did, 12 hour, twelve to 16 hour days for 10 years, nonstop, no rest at all. And it worked for me for a while. It got the results in the physical world, but um, it definitely left me depleted. And it's been two to three years now where I've been unraveling that lie that was told to me about me needing to perform and be productive at all times. Because I, my body said no. My body literally was like, you're not working. Mm. And it's now, only now, that that's coming up to me being able to restart a little bit. Yeah. But I'm only, I've spent the last three years doing about 10% of the workload that I used to do. Mm. So maybe one hour a day, maybe sometimes even, sometimes it's a one hour a week mm. <laughs> job that I, <laughs> I do. And hmm, unraveling, the, the, this lie about having to perform and be productive at all times has left a lot of space for me to be confused and not know what to do. And 
then I started witnessing the conversations that a lot of women were having around the world, or not even just women, but about a balance that is needed. And, um, and I've been able to see the world is really desperate for something else. Like everybody's so tired, everybody's exhausted, everybody keeps pushing. And at the end of our lifetimes, we're going to just remember that we pushed the whole time. Yeah. And we forget about the other 50% of what it means to be human for every single one of us because all of us have access to the feminine and masculine energies of like magnetism and making yourself into a person that magnetizes opportunities to them. Yeah. And I have guy friends that are experts at this. Like they will sit around, they don't do anything and then opportunities flow to them. Mm. And it's mm. really, it's, it's been confronting for me to witness because I realized that that means that everybody's got access to this power as well. Mm-hmm. And when I think back on my lifetime, the things that have been the most profound that I've entered my space is not when I'm pushing. It's actually they come to me when I'm, I magnetize them towards me through being the person, the best version of myself that I can be, through being super present with people, mm-hmm. through conversations and that I have, just the person that I am. Yeah. So that journey has been profound. Mm. The feminine energy is really fun. Yeah. And embracing that, the softness of it, of it, the emotions, which I have a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> the chaos, the, the caring, the loving. Oh. And you know what I want to talk about too. Do you know what I want? Do you want to? There's a couple things that cross my mind. Okay. What is it? Do you want to go to it right now? <laughs> to the next phase of potentially what the life could yes, yes. incorporate. Yeah. So let's let's go on a journey to get to that point. Great. So there's a lot of things that you touched on that I just want to quickly riff. And um, you know, I think that we do live in a society where a lot of the women, unfortunately, because the masculine has been so wounded in the way that it's been showing up in the planet, both in on a macro level, but then also within families on a micro level, weak masculine men will create women that need to be hard, rigid, and and perform in their masculine, you know? And strong, healthy masculine men will create women that find strength in their softness. And that's so beautiful. And it's been amazing to see you come into this place where I feel like you're really blossoming now and more and more into your feminine because, and it's so exciting because that's where really the magic is. It it goes from this paradigm of hustling and achieving to aligning and receiving from how life can provide and nature is inherently abundant, you know, and so when we're in, in, in touch with our inherent, um, uh, natural state, we will find attunement with abundance and, to also have gratitude for the journey that you have been on and why you have been, you know, you chose the parents that you did if you want to look at it from that lens and why you had to go through that lesson and the privilege that it's been able to create in your life. You know, you did go through a long period of working really hard, being strong in your masculine, and that, you know, created some pretty awesome results where you can work an hour (laughs) a week or a day and, like, that'd be cool and a lot of people will hear that and... Yeah, not a lot of people are willing to put in the time that it in the dedication and discipline that it takes to really manifest that. And now you have the time freedom to actually chill and be in your feminine and explore the various different things that your body is telling you. And you can do that no matter where you're at. But now the time freedom that financial freedom creates allows space for you to really explore a lot of these things, which I've been seeing you, especially your time in LA, like exploring all these naturopathic doctors and <laughs> all these, you know, uh, you know, healing modalities. And uh, it's, it's been a beautiful switch. So 
Just wanted to say that. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a great journey. You've, I feel like you've really seen me transform in the, in the back. Like if I think about that as a little cocoon. And I even spoke to the previous um, someone that yeah. was living there and she felt the same way. She was like, it was like this space that nurtured me that helped me come alive. And you're Aww. such a big facilitator of that. Aww. It's so nice to witness because you are that very strong masculine force that you've been there for me when I've had breakdowns. And you've like been like, Hello. <laughs> You've heard me have my like like screaming and you're like, everything okay? Oh, yeah, you're good. Okay. <laughs> and there's been no judgment. It's just you've made yourself known. So what you said about the masculine is so true because mm. there's so much power in softness. I had no idea. I used to judge so hard when, people, when women were soft. I was like, oh, pathetic. What an asshole I was. <laughs> Yeah, an asshole to yourself and you know I, mean, I was I, disowning myself yeah. in that moment mm. it wasn't judging them it was judging myself and right. that part that I disowned of course and yeah. now that I see the power of softness and, and the sensuality and intimacy of what is accessible yeah. when you soften yeah this is it can't, you can't really put a monetary value on it that's why society hasn't seen it as so strong mm-hmm. and so valuable but it is more valuable than anything that I've ever come across yeah so valuable and so powerful in its own way. We, I feel like, perceive power very much in like the masculine sense of what can be quantified in dollar signs and views and structure that can be built. And it's uh, it's a shame that on a large scale the destruction of the feminine has happened, I feel, because that's where the magic and power of life really lies. It's a life force energy within the cell walls, you know? And it's like if you just have the cell walls and there's no life force in it, you don't have anything that's alive. And so... Um, yeah, being able to switch, I guess, your lens on uh, what is desirable within yourself and what you want to create in your life has now led you to the place where you're like open to the exploration of like being a mom one day and going down that route, which is really cool. I don't think you shared too much about. So what's been like the, yeah, the process of energetically shifting, coming more back into yourself and then like, yeah. <laughs> this is a big thing for me to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Yeah, so... Um, Uh, I came out of a seven-year relationship at the beginning of the year and there was some discussions of whether or not, you know, the family's going to be the next thing and we entered that relationship, both of us being like, never having kids, stupid, why would we ever do that? (laughs) (laughs) And then also hearing, I remember hearing like Jordan Peterson, for example, he talks so much about women that are super driven and then at some point, you know, the perspective. Uh, priorities change into wanting families and I remember hearing that and I was like he doesn't know what it's not gonna happen there's no way and then my mom being like oh it's the the ticking clock's gonna come along (laughs) anyway I rejected all of it I just uh and I think it came from fear really it's it's a really scary process to think about growing a human inside of you (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then pushing that thing out. Right. <laughs> Whoa. And then having to look after something else when I have had a life of being selfish, which yeah. has been really nice. Um, I really enjoyed my time. I've, I've done so many amazing things. Um, but towards the end of the, the relationship that I was with, is that, that I was in, something was creeping in. And I even remember one day just waking up and I was like, somebody impregnate me. <laughs> And I was I like, I think I heard you run out into the street and say that. <laughs> I was like, that's a strange way to try to get someone to get you to be pregnant. But it's Venice, you know. <laughs> it would probably work. Uh, to clarify, that's not going to happen. But that thought popped into my head and I was like, whoa, 
<laughs> what is that thought? That was so weird. Um, so <laughs> anyway, we didn't align with the views that we were having in the in the relationship on that yeah. side of things. And when I when I became single, I really had to think about that. Oh, actually, I had this thought process at the back again. <laughs> this <laughs> this space is so healing for me. But I was I remember just. Hmm. Can I talk about drugs? Whatever you want. Okay, great. <laughs> so every I have the one of the most beautiful relationships with marijuana. Mm. Some people really abuse it, but for me, cannabis. She she calls me about once or twice a month, and I have a puff, mm. and then I, I like she she'll be like have a puff now. I'm like okay, so I have a puff, and then she gives me the most groundbreaking insights. It rewires my brain in that moment, it, and I don't know what I'm going in for. Mm. So I was at the back and it, she, she was like, now. And I was like, okay. So I have my puff. And I remember just thinking, wow, I've spent my whole life thinking about career. And I have very specific goals about what I want to create with career. And I kept trying to force it for the future because I haven't had any goals for myself for a really long time, which is a really bizarre space for me to be in. And I, all of a sudden I was like, wait, I have mapped out my trajectory for my career self, but what about the self that one day is going to be 80 years old? And what about the fact that I have achieved so much material success? Is there no space for something different? Like it just feel, it just, for me, it was like, wow, I'm going to keep doing the exact same thing for another 60, 80, hundred years. However long I live, I've already done it. It felt kind of empty but an adventure I haven't been on yet is being a mom. Mm. But I had never sat down and mapped out what that would look like. What would my partner look like? Where would I live in the world? Um, how many children? How would I raise them? Like I never thought of that. Yeah. And as a manifester, I, like, I will think of something and it will basically, I can bring it to life really fast. I had really never put any thought into that. And I was like, girl, like I put thoughts into what kind of partner I'd want but not my future personal self. Yeah. And it, it, I, was, I was so sad for a minute there. I just thought I was going to abandon my whole life and just focus solely on mum. And went for about a week. I was like, I'm giving up everything. <laughs> I will just be a mum and I don't have a partner right now. What the hell? Now I have to find a partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a key ingredient. <laughs> yeah, it is a key ingredient. And I'm not going to bring a, a, ba a baby into the world as a single mum. For me, that doesn't yeah, feel yeah, right. It doesn't feel right. So, But I was like, wait, okay, so... In that week period where I was having this huge insight, I started mapping out what my future would look like and where I'd want to raise the kids and what it would look like and how many kids and what that aspect of life would look like for me. Um, and it wasn't as scary anymore. And it just kind of felt natural that I'd have a project for about 20 years and it felt exciting. Mm. And uh, so... And then I, I went to a doctor, a local doctor here, holistic doctor that was recommended. And um, one of the small things I wrote in the questionnaire before we even saw each other was, you know, one day I want to be a mum, and then she, and then I want to prepare my body for it. And so <laughs> mm. it became it's become a really big topic of conversation with my doctor to get me to a state where my body is is as perfectly primed as possible for when I have the right connection with a partner and then we decide to have children. Yeah. Um, so I've been creating my body to be the, the perfect vehicle for welcoming a new 
entity mm-hmm. onto the planet. Oh, a little rello. <laughs> a little rello. <laughs> oh my God. Can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine either. Wow. Still. <laughs> Which is, I mean, the whole process still scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's it's got to scare the shit out of everyone. It's such a beautiful process that I've been able to see now a few friends and community go through. Like, oh, my God, you're pregnant. To, you're huge. <laughs> <laughs> to, there's a baby. <laughs> and, like, it's been so magic. In my experience, in, like, in those cases, it's like, I don't know, we have this projection of, like, life kind of stops for 20 years whenever you have a child. But <laughs> <laughs> it's been so cool to see, especially the children and, like, you know, various different communities are like, they just, now they're just like a little being that goes everywhere. And it's like, adds so much mm-hmm. to the whole experience of life. Mm-hmm. And it's like a way to rediscover your own child and like, and so many different beautiful things. So that's, uh, that's amazing. That's a really beautiful shift. And yeah. And I do want to touch on that point because now I know when I stopped having the breakdown after a week of, oh, I'm just going to be a mom and nothing else. I was like, oh, this is all I have to do. I know I'm going to have a balance of, creativity and exploration and yeah. building other things um so you can do both mm-hmm. but i also personally want to prioritize um having kids also i'll just say it before i get slandered not every woman has to have a child to be valuable that's obviously not the, the case for me this is my journey this is my path because i also want to bring like cool kids into the world and i think i could probably do that yeah. my mom's had a really good blueprint of bringing cool kids into the world to how I don't sound humble at all (laughs) but watching witnessing my sister and my brother as well it's like we're different and I love it so I mean more of that could be pretty cool oh absolutely it's good yeah yeah I mean if anyone's we need more conscious children being born (laughs) on the planet you know we don't need people just having kids for the sake of having kids but um Really being able to devote yourself to the to the fostering and the blossoming of another life is a, is a big decision and it should be made consciously for sure. And it's building humanity's future. Yeah. That's a huge role it that is. we've downplayed in society. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just having a child. Like, just get it over and done with. <laughs> what? And then send them off to a school that's programming them in a specific way that's right. going to do the exact same thing and not actually move them in a move society in a different direction mm-hmm. but if we can train the children train the children program the children from a young age to think differently that is going to change the world yeah and we've downplayed the role of being a mom to the point where it's like oh you're a stay-at-home mom oh really mm-hmm. it's like i am literally building your 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 children's future you're welcome yeah <laughs> like it's it's a really really big deal yeah. what is being done here mm. it's amazing mm. The women that dedicate themselves to this cause, like, wow, well done. Yeah. And if you choose to do both things or if you choose to not have a family, also well done. Every single one of us is contributing to a bigger picture we don't even know the value of yet. But as long as this is a big thing, as long as you're following your bliss, that's what you're meant to be doing because there's something that you're being pushed to do that is required of you at this point in time. Yeah. And it all adds up as a puzzle piece for the rest of humanity's contribution yeah i love it amazing so and you've obviously gone on the journey of like having these mental realizations of like these internal desires of what you want to go down and then the health aspect of it has been i know big for you and like recalibrating energetically to this new version of yourself that you're becoming so mm-hmm. if you just want to touch on that re- briefly of like what has been your journey 
with that and how important it is because it's a big thing that I personally focus a lot of my time on in my life from all the things that I do. We did sauna and cold plunge before this podcast and like from just being very meticulous and like what I put in my body and I just understand how important that is to inform the psychology. Like mm-hmm. we think our mind and body are separate, but they're actually much more one and the same than we realize. And um, you going on this journey of re- making these realizations and then attuning your body to the frequency of what you want to be calling more of in mm-hmm. is, uh, is really important. I think health is one of the most exciting journeys you can go on. And uh, it's funny how it's been tainted as well. But it's like it kind of makes sense. Like if you want to have the coolest life, like prime your vehicle as much as possible and focus on it. And if you put the wrong fuel in, obviously you're going to get not, not the best yeah. output. Um, yeah, but I've, I've gone to this doctor, this holistic doctor, and I love one of the things that was a really big piece in my masculine feminine feminine energy journey was um, she asked about my trauma, my early childhood trauma. And she, she was basically trying to pinpoint what was the biggest trauma that's kind of created me, the programming that's been running through my whole body more or less my whole life. And basically we, we figured out that it was walking on eggshells. So very much stress mode, very much adrenaline, very much, um, yeah, fight or flight or freeze. Responses have been in my body my whole life, which fight or flight also assists with being super hyperproductive because, you know, uh, you're fighting all the time through life. So you're extra stress and the stress, I don't, I don't want to mess this up, but basically it's more, it's more of an output. So more masculine energy. Mm. And so when we, when she, <laughs> she figured that out, we've been de-stressing my body massively. So going really to the core and she's told me not to even exercise as much as I used to, because I can go from no exercise to running 10 miles after two years, you know, like I don't exercise and then I just go. Yeah. And she's like, it's kind of not normal. <laughs> like you kind of need a build up for that. So I've been uh, a, a, a blob and <laughs> at the same time just releasing the stress out of my body and uh, currently on a 14-day cleanse to get rid of SIBO, which I didn't know I had SIBO, like because we did these comprehensive um, uh, blood and stool tests. Like we've done I've, – I've really gone deep. Yeah. Um, and the most amazing thing is seeing myself soften even more as a result because my body's not stressed yeah. and we're getting rid of the stress. And I, so I can easily soften into being, yeah, delicate and sensual and it's all the beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm excited <laughs> for you. Thank you. It's such a big, especially when you realize like we go like 20, 30 years, a lot of us 60, 70 years without ever like taking a look under the hood of what's going on in our gut and like it's so important to to get our stool test done and blood test done to see what's out of imbalance and what are the things that you can implement into your daily life to kind of rebalance things and that I feel like takes a lot of what we would perceive to be like these neuroses that we have in our life and things that like we got to figure out that like have so much pressure in the mind and it's like just an imbalance in the gut that would be feel you know it's it's so simple it's mind blowing how we don't make a uh, we don't make the link between the mind and the body. Yeah, it's like oh, I've got this like sleep. I'm sleep deprived. It's like okay, like let's. What are you eating? Are yeah. you having coffee right right before bed? Let's like let's talk about those things. <laughs> yeah. But they're like oh, I just need to take some pills to make me go to sleep better. It's like yes. Also, let's look at your lifestyle. Like the whole thing. We are these energetic beings, and if something's out of whack, especially around health, I can't for the mainstream. I can't. It's pretty shocking how little emphasis is put on prevention, yeah. which is comes through a lot of the food that we're eating. 
And uh, yeah, for me, the way that I eat is not really for, it's not for my body. Like it, well, let me reframe. Obviously it's for my body, but not for looks. I don't, to me, that's not even. Yeah. Appearance. It's not for whatever. Appearance. It's going to disappear one day. Uh-huh. But if I, if my, if I don't eat right, my, my mind is completely shot yeah. and I'm not willing to sacrifice my mind and my imbalance. Like I don't want to be imbalanced because I want to show up as best as possible yeah. in this lifetime. Yeah. So I eat so that my mind is stable. And I also learned that because of my SIBO, I'm fully imbalanced in that space um, energetically because my, by, my body's not processing properly. So I also become really imbalanced in the mind because of SIBO. So now I'm getting rid of it and we'll see how if I can restore my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So I feel like as you go on that journey and like you're softening more and you get to listen to yourself, um, in my experience, the more you become a healthy, vibrant individual, the more that your intuition becomes stronger. Like your ability to listen to yourself is more clear, your clear vessel for mm-hmm. like what your soul's dharmic path is, what you want to be creating in life. And um, I know you've been on, uh, especially the past few months, like a bigger journey of recalibration of so many different things. What has been your journey listening to your intuition and how that's guided you to where you're at in your life now? Because mm-hmm. You're a big creator. Like you create a lot of things and a lot of times people see that in the external world in terms of videos or photos or businesses and that's it's amazing. But, um, you know, you've listened to yourself to come to that place to even desire to create those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what's been your journey listening to your intuition? How do you feel like that's brought you to where you are today and where you're going? Oh, um, intuition's my best bud. <laughs> I feel like I've intuitively I think I've been following my intuition, yeah, most of my life. Hmm. I can give some very, very concrete examples, though, of how much it's shifted my yeah. my life. So I remember I was sitting in Australia just before. I was sitting in Australia. I was about 25, and I was working in a job that I loved, and it was amazing. I also had this side gig where I was doing video work, um, for companies, corporate work, and I was making more money than I ever had in my life, and I was hanging around this like, millionaires that were doing great things and real estate investors, and it's where I wanted to be. And I also had this creative job, that internship, photography internship, with one of my best friends, and I just adored this chapter. I had just met a guy that I thought I was going to be with forever. Like, everything was perfect. And I was sitting at my desk working away and my heart just said go to Europe one way and I was like what no I'm 25 no what what do you mean go to Europe one way now I have everything set up for me I was like go to Europe one way buy one way ticket you've never lived in Europe as an adult go one way I was like oh god no (laughs) so anyway uh, for two months leading up to me leaving I was crying almost every night because I was so scared and sad that I was leaving However, I knew I had to. It was beyond me. I ju- it just had to happen because yeah. this voice was so strong. Sometimes it comes a little bit more subtle, but in this repetitive thought process of like, you should do this. This, th- Hey, by the way, remember this? Hey, by the, way, by, the, by the way, remember this? And that's the second hit that I got. Well, not second. One of the other hits that I've recently, well, in the last two years gotten was um, I just was watching the finance space on, on YouTube and so many dudes on there and I was like ugh, boring (laughs) and I knew for a fact it was beyond any doubt I was like I know that I could work in this space and it would work Mm -hmm. because I knew that there was a desire for females I knew I just knew it was was gonna work 
and I was sitting on this idea for about 12, maybe 12 months, maybe 24 months before we actually did it with my business partner, my, my uh, ex-partner, which is now turned into business partner. And within, within 12 months, we slayed in this space. So it doesn't mean that I have to execute on these things necessarily because now we have a team with Abundantia of 11 amazing individuals that without them we would not be able to do what we do. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't have to execute, but I have those, I have those intuition, intuitive hits that I know these things are going to work. Yeah. And so I follow them pretty fiercely because it's at the point, though, that I feel I'm so kind of in tune with myself that if I go against it, my whole life starts falling apart really severely and it hurts me, physically starts hurting me. Mm. Like nothing is flowing. It's like I'm pushing a giant boulder up the, up the hill and eventually I get exhausted. Yeah. And I just can't go on. And I, I, I thought people kind of felt the same way and they kept doing they, they did the same thing, but then someone pinpointed out to me, they were like, no, actually this is, sometimes people just override it and they keep going with their lives. The discomfort, if you don't follow your intuition, for me is so significant that I, I, my life falls apart hmm. and everything feels heavy and miserable and I'm depressed. Oftentimes it's because, oftentimes the result, if I don't follow my intuition is I become like depressed. Hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, let me... I have to do something because I can't live like this. Yeah. Mm. So I'm grateful that my physical body shows me feedback, gives me like such significant feedback of you're not on your right path. Time to switch. And then for the sake of knowing that I'm going to die one day and I don't want to live this miserable, I have to make the change as uncomfortable and horrifically scary as 99.9% of the time it is to walk away from a relationship that you've been in that you thought was going to be forever, to move from a country that you thought you were going to live in forever. Mm. Yeah. How have you been able to in those difficult moments where it's like you're at a crossroads of exiting a long relationship or making a big business decision where you like you're listening to your intuition and you feel like you're getting clear guidance, but it's like it's hard. These decisions are hard. How, How do you still make them? They're horrible. Um, we've I've had the worst conversations that are not in not pretty. <laughs> like pretty would be the furthest I'd have to describe them. But I just knew intuitively that things are not on track, and I've had to have discussions with business partners or um, friends, family, whatever it might be that are really uncomfortable. And you know, sometimes there's screaming involved. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. I wish I was like more high and mighty, but, but we we trigger each other in mm-hmm. some ways, especially when there seems to be higher stakes. Um, yeah. And I guess those conversations, no matter how ugly they might be, are still necessary because it means that change is available. If nothing is raised, then how can anything change? And if change is what your heart is calling for, then you have to go through those hard moments. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to keep going on the exact same path you've gone on and you know where, where that's going to take you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pain or discomfort. One of the ways of just like staying where you're at and like that subtle level of like a thorn in your shoe that is just like constantly annoying the shit out of you. But you just like deal with it and you tolerate it versus the quick rip the bandaid off and it hurts and it sucks and it's painful for a sh- more painful for a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. But then 
then you get to transition and grow and move into that new direction. And really painful. Yeah. Like it's really, really painful. Yeah. All of the things, all of the lying on the floor, not being able to breathe, not yeah. being able to like suffocating on your own tears, like <laughs> yeah. for months. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. I think, I mean, it depends what we're talking about and for people where they're at in their journeys, it can be, you know, longer periods where, but often I feel like there are these quick conversations that can be, you know, much less uh, scary than the resistance Mm. that we initially have to them. We like put, make them to be these big things, but it's like, no, just having a conversation that is really uncomfortable for like an hour and then things are much better after. (laughs) True. Just clarity. I think everybody just, what the biggest thing maybe people want is clarity. Mm -hmm. And I also almost always find that if you have these conversations with people, there almost seems to be a reciprocity on the other side of like, actually feels something slightly off as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. And then we get to work through it, even though it might not be the united vision at first that we both see eye to eye on that vision, but we both know that something's off. Yeah. And then we try to transition into it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the more I'm now learning about communication, because I love it, mm-hmm. <laughs> this community is great. And they've introduced me to so many different aspects I didn't think, think about. And communication is a, a big thing of like learning to converse with people properly Mm -hmm. because our word is all we have and if you're misusing it or you're not intentional about it or you're not present to what you're saying then you don't extract the wisdom and the desires that you actually have inside and communicate them properly so learning how to communicate better means that now my conversations don't have to get to the boiling point as much of course I'm I know they're going to happen but trying to I don't know hear people's pain behind what they're actually saying rather than taking their words at face value sometimes is really special. Mm-hmm. And when you learn to do, when you learn to communicate better, you have access to not just the words that are coming out, but also their, you, I don't know, you see so, so much more. Yeah. 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 So that's been really profound too mm. in learning to communicate. Yeah. It's huge. Clarity, I think, is what we desire for sure. And how you do that in relationships with others is through clear communication. And like, Clearly expressing, stating what your boundaries are, what your desires are, seeing what that matches up with someone, where there's alignment, where there's not alignment, and like and figuring that out. And so that's that's huge. So I'm excited. I'm excited that you've been like learning, even having painful, difficult discussions. I feel like with uh, a few individuals that have been necessary and needed in you know various different moments, and to see the uh, the alignment that comes out on the other side um, is just so freeing. So very Probably. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think a lot of people, including myself, like see what the life that you've been able to create for yourself. And it's very much been by design. Like you're like, what do I want to create? What lifestyle do I want to live? How much money do I want to make? Where do I want to travel? Um, The quality of relationships. And so like you are a very strong manifester and somebody that I've been able to see create the life that they want. And so for people that are listening to this right now, I just want to dive into this topic a little bit with you for seeing you on this journey of becoming like a creative alchemist in so many ways, jumping from an identity of a YouTuber or a photographer to a YouTuber, to a financial educator, to a business leader, to musician. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's another, another topic, another box we can open, but it's, I love it. I mean, I think life is too short to be defined in one little box of like, I'm this, you know? Um, So it's been great to be able to see you and the fluidity of your identity, creating who you want to be, what you want to create in life. And so there's a couple of things that we can touch on here. 
yeah, the first being a manifester and creator of life and how you've been able to design the life that you have for yourself. And of course, like we talked about earlier, the financial piece of like being in your masculine and creating those things while detrimental to certain aspects of you have afforded you time, freedom and financial freedom to uh, follow the life that you want to do and have the resources to be able to pursue it and the freedom to do that. So it is a it is a very important side. I feel like a lot of people, especially while on the spiritual path, don't talk about and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like mm-hmm. money is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. It's energy that we use to exchange to move throughout the three-dimensional reality. And if you don't develop some sort of mastery over it, you're going to uh, be very stifled in, in what you can create in, in your life. So this is a huge piece. There's a lot of avenues here. I'm just gonna throw it up in the air. If you want to touch on any of them, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I do want to touch on the piece of like finances because the starving artist or starving spiritual person is a real, really real thing. Very real. <laughs> so and real. It, and it's really fun for me to now be witnessing the amount of um, I'm gonna say mostly women that are super spiritual but they haven't been able to put the other aspects in place, like the masculine energy, the structure around their, their um, gifts to be able to monetize them and get it out into the world. And I'm flipping completely. I'm like, oh, I want to know what your world is all about. Teach me your spiritual path. Yeah. And, uh, and that I can see how grateful I am that I've taken the journey from in the masculine because um, learning about those structures has, as you said, afforded me so much time freedom and thought freedom. Um, that I get to do these things without any pressure now. Mm. So that piece is so vital. And I will say that myself right now, I'm so swung on the pendulum of on the feminine side that it's really, I can see the difficulties of women that are so much in their feminine energy, people, how difficult it is to come back into balance because I'm not even there yet. I'm not at all in a space where I'm like ready to, go back into the, ma- the, the structure. Yeah. Um, so I now, f- I can sympathize with people that are in that very feminine flow of understanding of needing to transition over. Uh, man, like definitely, I think the biggest thing that help would help in that space is to have a routine for first and foremost and I start bringing structure back into your day and also education, like doing actual courses and actually having... I'm just thinking of myself, what would, what would help me to, to, to get my butt into gear right now? It would have to show up somewhere at a certain point in time to actually learn the skills that I need to yeah. and have someone that's accountable for helping me to get my gifts out into the world and actually monetize them. Yeah. Um, and then the, I would say also working on the worth, worth being worthy of receiving as well um, and seeing your gift as profound. <laughs> to give a backstory as well, if people are like, oh, but my gift isn't worth as much. Like I made my first million of selling selfies. So <laughs> give a little bit more context for that because that's it's so fascinating. And it's I love that you just co- say that. <laughs> well, I figured because no one, no one knew at the time what I was doing and they all just thought I was a stupid little kid that was doing what I, what I made into um, the self-portraits, but I call them advanced selfies because I found it funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and everybody was like, oh, cute. <laughs> so I look at her doing her self-portraits, like, oh, my God, adorable. And then now it's like, oh, you did what with that? How much did you monetize that? You bought how many houses from selfies? <laughs> 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 and it's really fun. And I share that story because I believe that anything can be monetized. Yeah. Anything. The way mm-hmm. you position it is everything. Yeah. And being able to talk to people about like what it actually means to 
for me, it was like getting the, a really good photograph of yourself, not only is nice for, you know, your ego, but also you can do it in the comfort of your own home when no one's judging you because mm. judgment in front of others to try to look good is something that I've had to deal with of like, oh, I'm trying too hard right now. So I can't, I can't like do that. But if it's just me in the camera, I can express myself in whatever way, way I want. Mm. And by having a, being able to see myself in a better light through capturing my, my essence, the way that I think I look on camera, um, has given me the confidence in life to also pursue so much more, to, to show up in the world with so much more confidence and dress better even in real life, like explore myself. It's just a, a tool of exploration, really, mm-hmm. self-portraits. So the way that you position anything that you have, it just has to be, you really have to dig into what it is that you are offering on a very practical level as well. So bring in the, the you know, spiritual aspect of it but then also bring practical results that people can get from whatever you're doing yeah so i think that's that's um it is an important piece and the world needs what you have like there's a reason why you are doing what you do and the, the world really desperately needs it you just need to find an angle that's unique yeah like self-portraiture i didn't freaking invent it mm-hmm. i just took a spin on it and made it desirable and kind of hilarious <laughs> <laughs> And so I love I love it. I love the story in the context of just how you can truly turn anything into a business, and that's very refreshing for what whatever whoever's listening to this right now. And if you you feel like you have a gift for public speaking or basket weaving or uh, self portrait photography um, or guitar teaching guitar literally anything creating the right frame and funnel for people to receive your offering in a way that you can be supported and monetized i think is also and i know we've had this conversation it's an amazing um gift you've been able to create in your life and i think that you'd be an amazing guide for supporting other people in this process whether it's a course you create or something like helping people do this because it's needed and the starving artist is very real and I could have started this podcast two years ago. Like I had the desire for sharing myself more in this way and I didn't just put it off, but I really wanted to focus on, on building my business, Meraki Media, which is the production company first and have that be the financial powerhouse horse of what I'm doing. Um, that way I can step into this, which feels like my form of art and like my passion and it not be dependent on financial resources mm-hmm. for its success. Because a lot of people, whether it's their music or the photography or whatever, it's like their passion and it gets, you know, they're dependent on that for their own living, mm-hmm. which is great if it works. But if for years and years go on and you're struggling, it's like it sucks the juice and the joy from it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're doing with these things that are going to like it's, sometimes it might not feel full integrity. Like I love taking self-portraits and like there's aspects of things that I don't want to do because it feels like I'm, you know, it's like, oh, really? Do I have to build a landing page? Like, do I have to do these things? Do I have to create a course right now? Like it's a bit like eh, I'd yeah. rather be out gallivanting in the woods naked, you know, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> standard. <laughs> However, um, all you're doing is buying time for you to create your art. And so, as you said, this is your art piece. Mm-hmm. So my art piece, I have all these art projects that I'm starting to want to create. I want to have my art that I don't, don't even have the art yet, but I have an idea. I want to have it in galleries. It's like, cool. That's not going to, I know that it's not going to pay me though. Yeah. Like selling art in a gallery to me, it's not a way to monetize that well, unless you're a really big artist or, you know, me making music now because it's a childhood dream. I know it's not going to make me money. You don't know that. 
Well, I, I'm not at all counting on like I don't I don't need it to make yeah. me money. Yeah, but it could blow up and like <laughs> I I wasn't planning on this podcast making me money, and I'm sure six months from now it'll probably be making me a lot of money. But like, <laughs> it's not the reason I'm doing it. And you stepping into music is the same thing, which is which is great. Yeah, it's just buying you time. So now I've done all these other things that a lot of people. I remember starting to talk about finances, and I had people unsubscribing and being really triggered because they were like, "Oh, you're only in it for the money. That this is so like it's." Don't talk about this. And they were so triggered by just the thought of talking about finances mm. that they were unsubscribing from me after mm. being with me for years. And I was like, now I understand that it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them and how taboo this topic of finances is. Yeah. But it's not. Money is, oh, my gosh, money is so beautiful. And one thing that I've had is I've had a really beautiful, I think, relationship with finances and money because I just see it as energy. Yeah. That's all it is. It's It just wants to be nurtured. Money wants to be someone's, it wants to have a best friend. Yeah. And the amount of people that treat money like trash and they talk about it with such little respect or get they get rid of it. The minute they have it, they rid of it. And it's like, imagine like I was your friend and you are always like talking down on me or... And, and talking about how shit I am and how annoying I am and also trying to get rid of me all the time, what would you do? Eventually, you'd leave. You mm. wouldn't want to be in that presence. Yeah. But if someone's like so respectful and loving and not obsessed, because that's also a really clingy relationship dynamic, but if someone's like, wow, hi, and they nurture you and they make you feel special and loved and you really see the energy of money as something just beautiful, money loves that. Yeah. And mm. it wants to be in that presence. So if you have yeah. gratitude for what you have and respect it and treat it with dignity and you don't spend it on things that are not important to you and they're not fulfilling and they don't uplift you in some way and they don't rise your vibrations, like it's going to find a different home. Yeah. Simple. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I think that's so powerful. It's just like we have so much inherent programming around money that is so unconscious. Like for people that are listening to this right now, if I was to say money is the root of all joy. Joy, but most people, it's money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people go to hell. That might sound a little stark. I don't know how common that one is. <laughs> no, eat the eat the rich. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That, that's that's the thing. That's that's that. Just I just want to. Money literally does grow on trees, which is the funny thing, you know. Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> literally, oh it's, it's paper. So it's, well, Australia, it's plastic. So oh, really? <laughs> anyway, but it's Mother Nature still. Everything yeah. comes from Mother Nature. Um, yeah, that, that programming is really, really detrimental because I think I actually think that programming has been made in order to keep people very small because when someone has money, of course, it amplifies who you are and it can make you a horrible pe being if you are a horrible being. Yeah. Um, however, the right people that have money in their hands is what the world needs right now. We really need people that are like, yes, I love money and I want a lot of it so I can do good in the world. I've been able to do way more good with my resources that I have than if I didn't have this money. Yeah. I've been able to help 10 times, 100 times fold than if I didn't have this cash. So yeah, yeah, I have luxuries. Yes, I love to spoil myself with adventures or trips or um, good food or health. Yeah. And I get to have things for myself and I get to amplify what is needed in the world as well. Because I, I do think that my heart, I'd like to say, is in the right place. I don't want someone else to suffer as a result of me having more. 
So, and I want more. I, I, I truly believe what you said before that there's an abundance, abundance, and I've seen it and I've only t- slightly tapped into it. There is an abundance of money in the world and it's so confronting when you find out how much there is because you don't really believe it because there's no evidence for you that you have it. So it can't be true. Oh, it's only reserved for those people. Fuck those people. Yeah. It's not, that's not it at all. It's a well that is never ending. Yeah. And it's amazing. And for when you finally find out how, like the modality of you to be able to extract your slice of the pie, that's, it's glorious. And it's a journey in, of itself. And I think one worth pursuing. Mm. It's really fun. You can do it with integrity. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to sell your soul for it. No. And it can become so fun. It can become a game. Like life is, is a such game. a game. Yeah. And you can just continue to up level and you see how it's all made up in so many ways where like the Federal Reserve can at will just throw billions of dollars into circulation yep. and it's literally just numbers on a screen at this point, right? Not backed by gold or anything. Exactly. And so it's like when you open your eyes and remove some of the programming that's in the way, then it's like, okay, uh, there are trillions of dollars in circulation on the planet right now and money is just energy and finding up finding containers that can allow some of that to pour into your into something that you want to create and and having the why i think is really important like why do you want the money right and because otherwise if you just say you want money for money's sake it's like get intentional with what Mm -hmm. do you actually want to create what is the lifestyle you want to live how do you want to support the planet what do you want to be building and when you know why you want what you want it just gives it that much more energy for it to come in i feel like Mm -hmm. that's also a good framework you just reminded me of one of the questions you asked before of how to how I've manifested the Mm. life that I've wanted to live yeah and I there is actually a container that I've used in order to extract that information out of myself Mm. um that I found really it's been I never knew how important this structure was for me but I've always used it since I was 20 Mm. maybe even less um essentially it's just like separating life into different categories and I have like eight categories that Mm. I go for let's see if I remember them Uh, spiritual emotional uh, family, finances, career, mental, social. Damn it. <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more. Anyway, they're groovy. Uh, they're based off the principles of Dr. Martini. Mm. So that's if someone wants to find out what the seven he has, I just added emotions into that one because it didn't feel full without yeah. having an emotional category. Um, and then I, I list down intentionally what I would like to create in that space. Um, so it, life doesn't become this overwhelming bubble of fuck, what do I, where, where do I even start? Yeah. Yeah, I, can, I can actually hone in and figure out, oh, in this category, this is what I'd like for it to look like. Um, so that's been, yeah, being able to break up life has been a really big thing. And then you don't, it doesn't feel like you're struggling to do it. It's just like unpacking and unraveling the steps of achieving those goals within that category. Yeah. It's a powerful framework. And it's actually one that I have used since I was 17 also. Yeah. I've had six. So mental, physical, spiritual, relationship, um, financial, and social like were my six. And I'd go through and there were periods of my life where I would every week rate myself how I'm doing on each on a scale of one to 10 and like how I could like learn about and improve different areas of my life. And it's like, you don't, Same you can't, these. you can't grow what you can't like keep track of, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's like, even just the act of like feeling where you're at in those different areas of life can then help you refine what do you want to grow? What do you want to focus on? So that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so. it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're so great. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> 
so that's a very powerful framework. Um, I love it. Okay, we've been we've been touching on a lot of things in this podcast. There's, I mean, a couple more things I think we can touch on before wrapping up. But um, yeah, was there anything that you want to mention with the music thing? Just because I feel like yeah. that's, that's really exciting. Let me let me not shy away from it. Yeah, it just feels for me it's like so out of the blue. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a dream since I was eleven. I was a I was a little kid and I did a music performance at school, and I remember thinking if I w- win this one, I'm gonna become a musician. Mm. And so I won <laughs> and then we moved countries from Poland to, back to Australia and I just lost touch with that whole side of me. What and were you doing? What, what kind of like music? It, I was po- singing a Polish song. Nice. <laughs> Would you care to recite nope. it for us now here? on the? No. I am very good thinking about it. I don't even remember which song it was or the words. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, uh, this year when I was in Iceland, uh, my friends are super talented musicians. And um, last year I sat two years ago. Last year, I started dabbling with my friend Tom um, in Iceland. And I just remember, in, I guess, intuitive hit. I was driving along and one day and I was like, hmm, hey, Tom, just sent him a voice note. Hey, Tom, if you ever have like a spare song that you haven't used and I can, I can sing over top, that'd be fun, funny. I think it was like funny. Ha 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 ha. It was like, great idea. And I was like, yes. <laughs> mm. So we ended up exploring in the studio for a while and it clicked initially and now I'm, yeah, now this year we signed a contract with the, the three guys that are creating my, my music. And um, yeah, we've, I've been in the studio a whole bunch and the album's getting finalized and then mixed. And then I've got to whole, do the whole Shazam of figuring out how to get it out into the world, which is bringing back my marketing skills and um, learning to perform like the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was taking on such a massive mammoth of a project music videos all of it and it's a cool exploration of an artistic expression that i hadn't done before and seeing how this whole package works and it um it's very structured it's very it's a lot of work and it's exciting and i have no idea where it's going to take me Mm. but one thing someone said it's like at least i get to explore this childhood dream of mine because i've had the chance to be go into early retirement so I'm not a 60 or 70 year old person that hasn't fulfilled this dream of theirs I get to be a 33 year old that is like let me explore this like weird project yeah (laughs) because I because I can and see what happens and um so I genuinely have no idea my friends are organizing talking to labels and distributors and it it is happening like the it's all happening and I it hasn't sunk in yet mm. because it's so overwhelming to even consider. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to actually hear some. <laughs> I've gotten some just by hearing you play it over and over in the back, but like I haven't gotten the full experience. It's wild. I love that you just commit yourself to like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm not going to do it half ass. I'm going to make an album and I'm going to go in and make the best thing I can. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. That's one thing that I would say that I, I really do enjoy is like might as well commit. Yeah. Give it 12 months, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Full yeah. on. So good. Yeah, all in or nothing. Boom. Is your artist name going to be just Sorrel? No. Actually looking for a band name because I don't, I don't have any of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're joking about you starting a podcast before this and calling it, ah, more Sorrel. <laughs> Genius. Genius. I will take my 10%. <laughs> I don't know why I became Indian. 
Only natural. Very <laughs> <laughs> natural. Uh, so good. Well, um, I feel like we covered a lot of ground and I just want to yeah, invite you. Is there anything else that you feel like that's alive in your heart that you want to speak to that we mm. haven't touched on yet? That's alive in my heart. Hmm. What's alive in my heart is just presence. I feel I went through, as you know, um, a period of being so scared of dying. And I went through panic attacks and it was some of the hardest things I had to encounter, like facing off with the fact that I'm going to die and people around me are going to die. And it was all triggered by a very <laughs> accidental experience of being given DMT mm. as one of the first things that I ever encountered in the psychedelic mm. world, which I think was just the stupidest idea. And before that, I was kind of willy-nilly towards living. I was like, eh, if I go, I go, whatever, no big deal. And then it, DMT just like boom, made me so scared of dying that the gift of that whole experience became being so grateful to be alive in every moment. And now the thing that is the most alive for me right now is really being present because there's losses all around us at all times and you really have no idea when you're going to go or someone that you love is going to go. It just happens so swiftly. And however, if you are as present as you can at, at any moment and putting that phone down as much as possible... I mean, I delete Instagram off my phone as much as possible because it still sucks me in mm -hmm. massively. And that is me giving, again, my life blood to these things. And it's not contributing to my life at all. If you're not a creator, you're a consumer and I'd rather be a creator. So, but if you can say, hey, I was super present for the experiences with my friends and family and even with yourself, like eating a meal with yourself when you're fully present one of those most sexy things <laughs> it's just so beautiful and nourishing for your soul and when you're so nourished and that to me i really do think comes from presence i feel like life rewards you yeah pretty significantly yeah your undivided attention for what you're doing in that moment tenfolds like the results just roll in as a result because you truly experience every single moment and if we don't have this live, then what do we have? Yeah. This is it. Like, let's enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's so powerful. And even just like recently, like, you know, a friend of a friend of ours in community like recently passed and getting to um in the weird I guess circumstance that it happened, still being able to talk to him before he transitioned fully or see him at the very least. It's like it's, it's just one of those things where you always say this life is short and you say that we could go at any moment and it's a thing you say. But it's, it's, it's such a reality that freak accidents happen that you are not promised tomorrow. Actually, though, like you're really not. <laughs> you're not you don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. And so God willing, knock on wood, <laughs> we get to have long, beautiful lives and... I just got a flashback from that Burning Man moment where I came up to you and it was like the middle of the night and random party. And I was like, Sorrel, I really hope we're like eight years old and super wrinkly and like still having a blast and deep friends and all I the know. things. And I feel that. I'm holding that vision. I think it's good. It, well, same. I'm holding yes. it. And knock on wood, hopefully we make it to that point. We're not guaranteed anything, you know. And so being able to come back into the presence of this moment and the more present you are, the more you suck your life back into the day. You get more to experience more life and more of that time comes and so um thank you thank you for sharing yourself on this platform and in the ways that you have been and 
helping people come back into their own presence and listening to themselves. And I think we covered a lot of beautiful themes that are really going to be supportive to the audience in this podcast. Thank you for letting me talk about a whole range of things. Yeah. yeah like the human being side of things is really nice instead of human doing. Yeah. Feels really nice. So uh, kudos to know yourself, know thyself. <laughs> kudos to know yourself. <laughs> you must know yourself so you can know thyself. Exactly. That's exactly. your tagline. Exactly. <laughs> genius <laughs> so good of course i feel like because i i know you like i can't just focus on one narrow aspect of <laughs> reality and life there's so many different things that mm. i think are so interesting and fascinating that we could dive into so mm. so good so good thank you very much thank you so much for having thank me thank you so much <laughs> all right to everybody that's been listening to this podcast let us know in the comments down below some insights to your favorite moments i really love seeing those and um if you haven't already subscribed I've learned it's important to have these CTAs because the more you say it, people actually do it. Come on this journey with us. Thank you for joining us on your path. And hopefully these conversations are supportive to you. That is my intention. And until next time, be well. (laughs) 